Welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips, getting you in the game. And it's our Week 11 Review Thanksgiving Preview Part 1. Two podcasts over the next two days. Loads of stuff for us to get into. Ollie Hunter alongside me, Will Gavin. The Gridiron Show with Touchdown Trips. Great air drumming, Ollie. Uh, you are listening to Thanks, the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips, getting you very much in the game as we experienced over the last couple of weeks on our Deep South Tour. Had a whale of a time. We will be getting into that on today's show a little bit. Um, it's a bit of a funny format this week with the Thanksgiving game. So we're going to do three shows over three or four days. Um, and it's partially because uh, we have new friends. Touchdown Trips are our old friends. Uh, our new friends at Betfair uh, are uh, working with us to do a nice... Uh, introductory offer to the Betfair Exchange. A tw- bet £20 and they'll refund you as cash if you lose. So we're going to preview um, Vikings Lions on today's show. Okay. Uh, are we also going to explain exactly what it is? Because yeah. <laughs> I'm, a bit of a, I'm a bit of a goober when it comes to all of this betting malarkey. So, and I think I'm not the only one. So it'd be good to if you could explain to me and everybody else what is going on. Don't you worry. We will get into all of that. There'll be plenty of time to explain exactly how it's all going to work. So what we're going to do, we'll uh, in that context, we'll talk about the Lions Bears game, the Rams Vikings game, and we'll preview Vikings Lions on uh, on. Um, Thanksgiving, the first game of Thanksgiving, and then tomorrow's show we'll do a bit more news, a bit more views, and we'll get into the last four games from the weekend that involve the four teams that are playing in the later games on Thanksgiving. It, more bang for your buck and some special deals as well, so oh, that's all great. the joy. But before that, we're going to do a, a normal show in the build-up to that and talk about uh, the other games from the weekend, some of the news from the last few days, Raiders finally making a move at, uh, in the coaching position and firing Ken Norton Jr. Uh, Seattle letting go of Dwight Freeney. So there's plenty of stuff Broncos for us to get into. as well. The Broncos making a QB change. Loads of interesting well, stories. An offensive to get coordinator change. Oh, yeah, of course. A QB change and an OC change. So yeah. although I felt a little bit harsh, that one. But we, well, yeah, well, let's get into that we a bit will. later. Um, Ollie, how much did you actually sleep last night? Uh, maybe about five hours. I'm all over the place. I've never been this bad. I'm not going to go all uh, triple B and say, oh, yeah, I've been, been to the States a billion times and every time I come back, it's been fine. But it has been. But this time, I'm still not quite recovered. And we got back... A week ago. A week ago. A week ago this morning. And, and what's weird about it, like, actually, last time I came back with Sarah, when we just went for a little holiday in the summer... A sojourn. Um, a sojourn, indeed. Uh, I felt bad then, but I thought it was because we weren't, like... When we do the Super Bowl, like, uh, obviously, it's... Like, every time I talk about this, I say, like, we are the luckiest human beings alive. Yeah, we yeah. get to do this for a job. Yeah. It is insane. But it is also incredibly hard work over the seven or eight days we're there. We don't get a lot of sleep. So actually, I feel like I sleep the whole way back on the plane, and then I get back, and I'm just fine. I thought that might be the issue. But this time, I am properly all over the shop. I slept for an hour and a half last night. I what? stayed up. I watched some wrestling on TV. I messaged Simon Clancy a lot about my new diet. And then I finally got to bed maybe at about 4.30. And then I had to wake up at like 6, 6.30 to, to drive Sarah to work so I could have the car today. So, yeah, I am. My ass is officially kicked. I might just fall asleep mid-podcast. I, I can't guarantee that, that I won't. I'm falling asleep on every tra- train journey to work that I'm doing. <laughs> Honestly, and on the way back. Ollie. I just start drifting off and I'm like going... In front of people. The other day, I woke up uh, with my mouth wide open. <laughs> like this. <laughs> That's one of the most attractive things you've ever done. It's so embarrassing. Uh, and the thing is, he had... Um uh, Matt Sherry was doing that on the plane and just literally mouth, mouth aghast, like... So we, our plane back was, there. apparently there were 40 free seats when we were checking in. I think it yeah. went down a bit from that, but there were still 20 or 30 free seats. I got very lucky. I got a free seat next to me. So did I. As did Ollie. Yeah, great. Uh, brilliant. Free seat next to me. Ben Burke behind me. Um, an annoying woman in front of me who kept moving her, her chair forward and back. But that's fine. But what happens, Will Gavin? Oh, Matt Sherry decides that there's... The a, giant baby. The giant baby. Uh, I don't know how... He's about six foot two, is he? He's a big guy. Um, he's a unit. He's a unit. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's definitely a unit. 
he makes up. I'm pretty sure he made this up. <laughs> a, I haven't heard the theory that he made it up yet. I think he he made up that there was a crack in his entertainment screen. So Because he for, didn't like sitting on his own. Do you know the reason why I think he made it up? Because the first time he asked to come and sit next to me, he said, oh, my headphones aren't working. And then the second time, he said, <laughs> oh, there's a big crack all the way across my screen. Like, yeah, really? So then he, I'm, I, I can't really say no to him. And then well, he comes just, and sits next is, to me. What I would have found really interesting is that he was sat as part of a bank of four in the middle. And from what I understand, there was one spare seat in that bank of four next to Sherry. I'd have loved to have found out what he would have done if you'd said, oh, that's fine, I'll swap with you and I'll just I'll sit in that seat. So I've got the spare seat next to me there. I'm not that bothered about a crack in the screen. Do you know what I should have done? Because then I would have slept and not watched the first seven episodes of Game of Thrones <laughs> all the way along the plane. <laughs> Which just was the worst idea I ever had. That might be why you're still feeling terrible. But by the it's way, all Matt Sherry's fault. I'm going to do a little spoiler thing. The dragon being... That was the last episode. The dragon being a, 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 a White Walker. That sent shivers down my spine. And I'm glad I didn't have to watch another one after that. It honestly scared that's the, the... That's the last one, isn't it? What? Are there only six episodes in the whole series? Oh, you mean when... And Sorry, this is proper spoilery. When he's, like, dragged out of the lake and the eye opens. Yeah, yeah. They telegraph that so early in the oh, episode, they, they do, they do. It's gonna. It's definitely coming. Um, no, like... Okay, I've spoiled it for you a little bit. That dragon does come back again before the end of the series and does something... Of course it does, because there's a... It, they, no, but they turn it's it into Game a White Walker. Yeah, but it's Game of Thrones. They, they could have quite easily done like we've revealed that to you, and now we're going to hold it back till the next series because they do a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. They don't do that in this case. You do get to see that dragon in action. Oh my god! Against the other two dragons. I'm not. I'm not telling you where. I'm not telling you why. Whoa. But it's spectacular. Whoa! I need to get that from you. Actually, I need to get the rest of Game. I of mean, Thrones what time do you need to be at work? We we can just sod off doing this podcast and just uh, <laughs> just watch Game of Thrones. I quite happily will. We can go up to the bar. Pour some cocktails, pull the big screen down, it'll be a riot. Oh, no. I knew there was something I'd forgotten. My little cocktail... No, shot glasses. Uh, it's going to bring them for the bar. I mean, we've, you're going to come round again. Yeah, that's this true. This isn't going to be your last time at my house. <laughs> that, 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 that is true. And as I'm technically not meant to be drinking at the moment, uh, even though... Do you know what? Thanksgiving coming on Thursday, and I've got, a, I've got a birthday party on Saturday, right? For my friend Casey's birthday, who is... She's one of the most lovely people in the world. And she's hot as well. She is beautiful. Yeah. But uh, I know... I mean, she's really hot. Uh, <laughs> going to get me in so much trouble. Um, but because she's really hot. <laughs> you're a disgrace. <laughs> the problem is, it's like Adam and Sam and people listen to this podcast. So they're going to listen to this, and then they're going to say to Casey, Ollie said you were really hot. And then it's going to be really embarrassing next time you see her. I don't care. You know I don't care. All right, fine. Good. I mean, she is uh, hot. Um, so... She, but she's so hot. She's decided that she's going to do for her birthday a. Um, Hold up! I haven't been invited. Uh, are you friends on Facebook? No, no. It's kind of yeah. I mean, it's all right. Sun, I'm sure Saturday, I'm planning just to spend the entire day in bed watching sport. Well, so. come over in the evening and well, get in your bed and watch. Just... <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> oh come on, mate! We don't even have to get in bed. We'll just bring a duvet down here. <laughs> okay, that's great. Um, yeah, so we're going to. The, they're, they're like group. They're all from this kind of small town near Northampton. And we're all into kind of the same stuff that I think we were into when we were kind of teenagers. A lot of what, the, hanging around the new metal, pop punk kind of. <laughs> so not hanging around the co-op. Um, so we're going to buddy Camden Underworld to a night where they're going to be playing things like Limp Biscuit oh. and Blink-182. Oh, and... God. Some so like old indie classics and stuff. And I can't not be drunk for that. If I am sober and I have to go to that, I will leave within 15 minutes. I've got a great idea for you. Go on. Gin and slimline tonic. I, I literally, Simon Clancy, who is my new life coach, I said to him, gin and slimline tonic? He went, great shout. Or white wine, apparently. So I'm just going to drink a bottle of white wine and then oh, I'll be no, fine. Never, bought, never white wine. I tell, I tell you for what? I tell you for what? <laughs> 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 a little shout out to Craig uh, Gurney there from the from the uh, trip. I tell you for why, because uh, if you look at the women and and men that drink white wine after work on a Friday and Thursday, have a look at them. You just you just you what? Just no, no, no. You, you you have to expand on that. What do you mean? Have a look at them. I, I think they've let themselves go. In what way? They're just a bit of a disgrace. Are you purely basing this on the three women in our office who between them get through about eight bottles of white wine whenever we go out uh, f with work and tend to get a bit of a Actually, disgrace? Lauren looks great now, but... Um... <laughs> 
See, this is the problem. I don't name names because people who work in our office listen to this show. Oh, great. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Um, uh, I'm not getting out. Anyway, moving on. Uh, right, should we talk about some football? Yeah, let's talk about some football. We've got about 20 minutes and not talked about any football. Uh, it's, it's only 10 minutes. Okay, that's so good. I'm going to give us a bit of slack. Uh, so coming up, we will preview the first of the Thanksgiving game, the Vikings-Lions uh, game, and we'll look back at their games over the weekend. But uh, And as I said before, tomorrow's show we'll get into, and there's a few of those were real crackers, the games we need to talk about uh, from tomorrow's shows, including uh, Washington, the, the huge come-from-behind win for the Saints, <laughs> absolutely massive for them, and, and what how demoralising that is for Washington. But we'll talk about that tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. You've got so much time to spend with us over the next two days, guys. Just revel in it and enjoy it. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'd like to apologise on behalf of everyone for Will Gavin just then. Um, do you want to... Are we going to go all the way back and talk about last week's Thursday Night Football? It's I mean, almost a week ago. But uh, for me, I just let's just talk about it quickly. Because the Titans slipped to 6-4. and four, The Steelers moved to 8-2 and two, atop the AFC. A 40-17 to 17 win on Thursday Night Football. And... What I loved about this game, just to talk about it very quickly, is for the first time this season, we saw everything come together. Now, immediately, Le'Veon Bell only carried the ball 12 times, 46 yards, although he had a number of receptions, did go over 100 yards from scrimmage. But oh, the odd squimmage. <laughs> the odd squimmage. Roethlisberger throwing four TDs, Antonio Brown looking incredibly impressive, catching three of those, and the defence also operating at a high level, picking off Marcus Marriott. I think it was four times in the end, um, but it's always that last pick where it's the desperation throw. Yeah. I always feel a little bit like... That's a bit harsh, giving that one away. But um, yeah, I, I just finally, I looked at a team and thought, that's the team that I think can challenge the New England Patriots in the AFC. And I ha- even though the Steelers have had the record to show that, I haven't been looking and thinking, yeah, that team could go into Foxborough and get a win. I now think they could go into Foxborough and get a win. The great thing about it was, uh, we, we talk about the whole... Sherry's not here, but I felt I should... Yeah, you should have done. Thanks, I appreciate that. Um, the, the whole offence and... The reintroduction of Martavis Bryant, Juju Smith-Schuster being a foil and allowing Antonio Brown the space because they have to, they can't double cover Antonio Brown. And even when they do, Antonio Brown does incredible things. But I, I want to talk about that defense. Ryan Shazir marshalling it. He had 10, ta- 10 total tackles. Um, uh, Cameron Hayward sacking the quarterback twice. The pressure, the constant pressure put on Marcus Mariota allowed for those four interceptions. There was one point where TJ Watt dropped back into coverage and made an insane pass deflection. They're having to double cover him, which is allowing uh, space across the line for for others to come through. The, the, the Steelers' defense is almost as, as balanced as... Um, the 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 Jags. I know the Jags have got these star players all across the board, but the Steelers are, are getting things done. And, and what's kind of fascinating is we saw the highs and lows of Cody Sensabar in that game. We saw him get the pick. Was it? Did he get a pick six or just a straight pick? I can't remember. Um, but also gave up a horrendous deep ball uh, for one of the two um, uh, Titans touchdowns. So it was kind of uh, Cody Sensabar giveth with one hand and taketh with the other. Um, but it did show that without Joe Hayden in there, they can still. Yeah. They can still carry, the rest of the defence can still carry them when the weaker units are in there. And he should be back this weekend. So, you know, we're now at a point where there are no more buys. So he should be back this coming weekend. And Joe Hayden's been amazing this year. And, and I, yeah, I, I'm kind of all in on the Steelers as being potentially the team to go and beat them. Do we think the Titans, this is a, a bit of a Le Reveal Magnifico? I'm sorry to use that. I know it was on another podcast, but... Um, for the Titans that they're shown a little bit that they're not uh, quite what we maybe thought they were with their record or was this just a tough game against a good opponent? I would say I would say the latter. I think the jury's still out um, on the Titans whether we say that they're, they're not befitting of the record or not. I think the Steelers, everything just came together in their, in their back garden under the lights Um so uh, don't write the Titans off just yet because the Jags have always, especially with Blake Bortles under centre, will have the opportunity of throwing something away along the way. So I, I'm going to go out on a limb now and say that whilst the Steelers gave me some pause for thought about beating the Patriots, the Jacksonville Jaguars defence is good enough to go to a Super Bowl even with Blake Bortles as a quarterback. 
Yeah, possibly. Yeah. I think that they are up there with that kind of... that, I, And I, people are going to think I'm insane talking about them in these sort of terms, but they are up there with the Ravens team that, that carried Trent Dilfer all the way to the Super Bowl. They are up there. That, they are, that unit, they remind me of the first year of the Seahawks with Russell Wilson when they went to the Super Bowl and they absolutely tonked the Denver Broncos. They remind me, and I know there's a, a kind of similarity of scheme and stuff with that as well. Um, certainly the fact that they trained with Gus Bradley for a few years, but 19-7, they won over the Browns. I know that's not an impressive win in particular. Blake Bortles throwing for one touchdown and uh, Telvin Smith recovering a fumble for a second, but five sacks again on the day. They've had two 10-sack games this season already. They've got a player like Calais Campbell leading the NFL in sacks, who's not a guy who normally gets into double digits in a season, is already at 11 and a half and we've got six games left to play. I, I, the, the Jags, uh, a lot of people looked at this and said that's not a result that impressed me. For me, it's a result that impressed me more than almost anything else they've done. I know that sounds crazy because it's the Browns, but uh, eking out wins when you're not playing well. Side of a good team. Hashtag yeah. cliche watch. And even without Joe Thomas, the Browns' offensive line has been pretty good anyway. And to allow five sacks could be thought of as a win. Just five sacks could be thought of as a, a win for the Browns. And the, the fact uh, that they have this rotating cast of almost all pros with Marcel Darius and um, Malik Jackson and Yannick Ngokwe and... Um, Dante Fowler Jr. and uh, behind that Miles Jack and uh, Tevin Telvin Smith and uh, and then Paul Puzlosny and then then you've got the 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 cornerbacks the best cornerback duo in the league and and um, in Jalen Ramsey and AJ Boye behind that you've got players like Barry Barry Church another Barry in in the uh, in the love, NFL love an NFL Barry yeah who doesn't. Um, they are stacked all across the board, and it's so much fun, so much fun to watch them, the way that they swarm, um, the, the way that they uh, are getting after the quarterback, and it's great to watch. Conversely, on the other side, when you've got Leonard Fournette, and Leonard Fournette was back last week, you don't really need to worry about Blake Bortles not being very good, just pop it up. Pop it up to Mercedes Lewis, who'll bring one in every two, there, there one was, every two games, and you're fine. There was some frustration with the offensive play calling in that game because there were a few occasions where, like, they were set up for perfect play action situations, or perf- like when they were running the ball in the second half and ran it and ran it and ran it. I thought they could have trusted Blake Bortles a little more. I know you don't want to trust him hugely, particularly after the way he finished off against the Chargers last week. But I thought that they could have tried to do a little more with him in that situation. They didn't. But look, here's, here's how ridiculous. So the Jags moved to 7-3 and three and a third in the, the playoffs uh, seeding right now ahead of the Chiefs. And we'll get on to those dreadful Chiefs. But uh, this is how bad the playoff picture is right now. The Ravens, who lost 44-7 to to the Jags, and admittedly, with that win over the Packers, that's our next game. They have got three shutouts on the season. So the defense looks incredible. The Ravens are in at 5-5 five and five right now. The Browns are 0-10 and could still make the playoffs this season. They won every game remaining and everything else fell their way. And, and I know you're going, well, what if teams are playing each other? It is actually possible that they could get through and, and make the playoffs at 6-10. and 10. That's genuine, That's old-fashioned craziness. There's, it all kind of lines up perfectly. And it's why, you know, we're really excited about the NFC and all the excitement happening there. The AFC outside of the top three right now. A lot of people yeah. say top two. I'm going to throw the Jags in there. Is looking a bit like a dumpster fire. Um, and yet, would you bet against the Ravens going on? I think nine and seven is all you're going to need to get into the into the playoffs right now. And after seeing that Ravens defense, even if it was against Brett Hundley, get another shutout for the season, would you bet against them winning four of their last six games and being that team that gets in at the sixth seed? Not necessarily. Texans on Monday Night Football next week at in Baltimore. Um, and I think that they'll win that one. So that puts them then at uh, six and five. They only need, but even potentially two more, maybe three, three more wins, and um, yeah, they're in. It, it's mad, really mad. And but what they're relying on is is their defense, and their defense is excellent. Okay, you can't really take too much from beating up on a, a diabolical. How many was it? Five Packers. turnovers on the day um, in the end. Three yeah. picks, a couple of fumbles. Horrendous game for the entire Packers 
um, the entire Packers organization. Yeah, I, was gonna say, I thought you were going to say offense. I'm just like all of them, Ollie. No, the, it was all of them. I would say the, the the organization, the poor fans out there. Okay, I say poor fans. They've they've had it great uh, when it comes to. Brett Favre and uh, and Aaron Rodgers. So maybe what goes around comes around. Maybe this is what uh, the Patriots will see when Tom Brady finally gives it all up when he's about 52. <laughs> so, But yeah, the Ravens, I think, probably with that defense and how good it is, they're in the box seat. Do you know another team that I wouldn't count out? The Bengals. Oh, well, let's... Because their defense is looking really great as well. Let's talk about that game in a moment. I just want to say about the Ravens, and it's a guy that we give... A lot of love too, but the big man in the middle, Brandon Williams, when he first, the first game he came back uh, was that game against the Vikings where they gave up a lot of yardage on the ground and rushing touchdowns and everyone was like, oh, so maybe it wasn't just Brandon Williams missing that made this run defence so bad. It just took them a week to get back into it. They have been superb the last three weeks. So yeah, the Ravens and... and Whilst I would fancy the Jags to beat the Ravens in Everbank with their defence, God, that game could genuinely be a 9-7 playoff game live on TalkSport 2. Um, no, it's on... Um... It probably would be on TalkSport, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, what, that playoff game would be potentially very, very ugly. Joe Flacco still, despite the, this, this impressive win over the Ravens, I think he's done. I really do. I think he's Eli Manning done. I think the end of this contract, even the end of this year, maybe you start looking at your next option at quarterback and you add the Ravens to that mix of people who might be looking at a quarterback in the draft this year. Um, Let's talk Bengals. Bengals going to Denver. 2017 victory in Mile High. Denver have just collapsed like a flan in a cupboard. They're going to start. We mentioned it already. Paxton Lynch will start a quarterback against the Raiders. Oh, my God. Oh, big hands. I mean, big hands, lovely guy, but he's not a great quarterback. And we well, didn't we see. We don't know that yet. Well, we didn't see enough of it last year when he came in. Yeah, but he's had another year, another year to learn, another year training, and he's coming off an injury. I think he would have been in the moment that they replaced Simeon. I don't think they would have played Brock Osweiler at all had he been fully fit. They've changed their offensive coordinator. But what's kind of funny about this game is you look at the team stats. Denver outgained Cincinnati 341 yards to 190. Time of possession, they dominated. Turnovers, they dominated. First downs, they dominated. So how were they losing 20 to 17 at home? I know they gave up. There was the uh, a red zone interception and, yeah, I guess not being able to, uh, only punching it in twice. But, like, that's not, the reason I'm kind of doubtful about the Bengals is just because even if their defense does look good, that's a game they should have lost. There's no way the Bengals should be winning that game. And getting the late turnover to win it with the, late, uh, with the touchdown in the fourth quarter is fine. But there's no run game there. I, I just Andy Dalton threw for 154 yards and three touchdowns. Yes. Maybe, oh, I don't know, maybe you're right. Maybe the defense giving them short field helps. But I, I, I'm kind of a little bit stunned by just how bad. Well, I think it came down to the fact that the, the defense is kind of matched up both stuff the run but on offense the Bengals had a better quarterback and a better wide receiver in AJ Green and probably a better tight end in Tyler Croft than anything that uh, anything that Denver had so it's those fine margins that where the game was decided did you see that Drake Kirkpatrick um, interception just to talk about because we'll get to the end of that play first the interception itself what I will say is I watch that back I'm not putting that on Brock Osweiler I think they ran the route perfectly. I think it worked. And I just, just think it's a little bit like Super, the end of Super Bowl 49. The cornerback just was so heads up, played it perfectly, got in there, made the interception. I'm not putting the blame on his shoulders. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. Do you think it was the elevation? He just ran out of breath. But yeah, getting down to... You, you've run 100 yards. He's had to cut inside, back outside when he's seen somebody chasing him down. To cough up the ball at like the three-yard line is one of the worst things I've ever seen. I think he got excited. (laughs) (laughs) I think he was just, oh my God, I'm going in. Whereas before he was just running because, a bit like Forrest Gump, he was just running and and, uh, instinct took in. He'd been running for so long that he decided, he was like, oh my God, I'm going to score. This is going to be incredible. Oh, at first I thought he was showboating. But he but, wasn't. He it just slipped out of his hands. Uh, so you thought he was pulling a full Deshaun Jackson? Yeah, yeah. You thought I it did. was like a, a, because that is still one of the greatest plays of all time. The Deshaun Jackson Eagles return. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, I, I'll buy it. I, I'll buy into it. 
Um, the, the team who are undoubtedly the class of the AFC right now are the New England Patriots, even with the, the performance that we got out of, uh, of Pittsburgh this last week. 33-8 to win over the Oakland Raiders in uh, Mexico. And honestly, it felt like that, that fourth quarter touchdown and two-point conversion, a decent drive from Oakland, but it really felt like New England had completely taken their foot off the gas. Um, as always, I like to see teams scoring touchdowns rather than field goals. And you can hardly call it settling for a field goal when you boot one in from 62 yards and 51 yards in the first half from Stephen Goskowski. But Tom Brady, 30 of 37, 339 yards, three touchdowns. Unbelievable performance from him yet again. They mixed up the, the backfield. Dion Lewis running it again. Burkhead catching it out of the back. And I, I the, the old throne... Uh, the the performance of the defense, even without Dante Hightower, I, yeah, I, the New England Patriots play the Pittsburgh Steelers in what week fifteen? That game a has to be flexed into Sunday night football, and do it now. Don't even wait until twelve days beforehand when you have to do it. Just, just get it. Just done. do it. Just get it done. We well, all well, know what are these silly happen. rules all about? I just don't get it. The, there's a Seahawks Rams <laughs> game at nine o'clock on that same day, and maybe they're looking at that with a sideways glance, thinking that could be an NFC West sealer. Maybe we'll move that into Sunday night football. Honestly, I take either of them as a prime time game. But Steelers Patriots essentially is the decider for the the AFC one seed which then decides home field advantage for the championship game, potentially. Essentially, it's that, that's, that's almost the AFC championship game there and then, as, yeah. far, as far as people are concerned, even as high as we are on the Jags. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it looks like an incredible game already. Um, what really impressed me about the Pats is Tom Brady and um, the way... The way he's just quarterbacking, like <laughs> the way he's playing football. I know, but but you go back and watch that game and it, hot takes on the gridiron show. <laughs> yeah, but you go back on the the way he plays that game and the the scheming, the recognizing of of the defense, and I, I just think he's he might be playing. And I think Matt Sherry said this previously, I either on here or on Talk Sport. I think he might be playing the best football he's ever played. It, it, he's, what was, he's so good. It was the fact that it was at every level as well. He had yeah. um, amazing tight window throws to Danny Amendola, some deep connections with Brandon Cooks. Um, uh, poor Obi Mellon Fonwu. Uh, a safety moved out to corner. London-born, British-born. Uh, been writing a column for the, for the magazine and the website for a while. And, and great guy. But he got absolutely battered on that one. And I think it was... Uh, uh, yeah, we as we've seen now, um, they fired Ken Norton Jr. I think that's uh, John Pagano has now moved into the defensive coordinator role. I think that's been a long time coming. Kind of almost disappointed that they've come with somebody in house rather than bringing somebody in from outside. Yeah. But yeah. Um, they're ranked twenty sixth, twenty seventh in overall defense in yardage and points. And yeah, they couldn't have made it much easier for Cooks on that touchdown. Are you worried about the Raiders? What do you mean worried? I mean, I think they've. I think they'll miss out on the playoffs this year. That's what I'm saying. Like, are you worried that the because everyone was so high on them before Derek Carr coming back and the wide receiving options and Marshawn Lynch. Okay, Marshawn Lynch had a, a really good game actually and, and looked excellent. Carried on the form that he showed last week or the week before the bye. Um, but they, they just don't seem to be getting anything done. I think their defense is really letting them down. They, they killed themselves in a lot of ways on Sunday as well. After the Chiefs lost to the Giants, what was that all about? In an earlier kickoff, they went into that one knowing that they could get within a game of the Chiefs at the top of the division. And they had the interception, which ended the very impressive early-looking drive. Seth Roberts fumbling, killed another promising yeah. drive when they were already 14 nothing down. Um, you know, they came in at the intermission 17 nothing down and never really recovered from that. So they, they shot themselves in the foot in a big way, but I also think they came up against a bit of a juggernaut in the Patriots. And even though I know the Patriots aren't a team who are shy of running up the score, I think at full pelt, that Patriots team could have put 50 on the Raiders on Sunday. Uh, I think there was an element of... We've travelled a long way. We've come to Mexico. Let's not, let's let's not the kill the game in Mexico. Let's not let's not kill ourselves. And yeah. Interesting. Mexico is going to have games now too until twenty twenty one, and that's going to be interesting to see what it's going to do for the teams in in the UK. There's some talk about the Raiders playing two games on the road next year. One in Mexico, one in London. I think the Chargers um, might play. I th see. I'm with the, you on this. I think the Chargers or Rams. You want to grow the fan base in LA. Huge Mexican population in LA. Why not get them out and be the team of Mexico. I don't understand why they haven't already been doing yeah. that rather than the Raiders, but... Yeah. A, a, a little bit of uh, kick watch. Oh, yeah. 
All right, not going to play the, the thing in. Oh, fine. all right, sorry. Kick watch. Um, Stephen Goskowski. What a guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, very impressive. Sixty-two yards. Um, That's co- massive. I think it's it's. I think in the top ten of longest field goals ever ever hit. Yeah, sixty-three or sixty-four is the longest. Sixty-five, so. I think it is. Isn't Ooh. it? Um, can yeah. we can we talk about some, something else, Ollie? Uh, yeah. For the bang. I don't want to talk about that. Are you you in full-on denial? I'm so upset about it. The team with one of my favourite throwbacks is my least favourite team that have now got my favourite kicker. Kick watch! I I can't believe it. Feels a little bit sad. It's so sad! Um, (laughs) I I want to get to Sunday night football, Monday night football, but let's just talk about a couple of relatively meaningless games. Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing for 275 yards and two touchdowns uh, to give the Bucks a 30-20 to 20 win over the Dolphins and just make the whole of the rest of Florida outside of Jacksonville feel a little bit sad. Four and six, both of these teams are now at. And yes, they're still both in the playoff picture, as Simon Clancy would love to point out on a regular basis, but we saw the Dolphins against the Panthers on Monday Night Football. I watched this game against the Bucks as well. This Dolphins team, the, the offense just isn't working with Jay Cutler. Um, more comes in after Cutler gets concussed. I actually had a pretty decent game. So I want to talk about the concussion. Go on. Apparently, according to Ollie Wilson on TalkSport, the hit where he was, uh, I'm going to do some air quotes now, concussed, didn't really look like it was anywhere near his head. And his Uh, head... I... I think that could be a fabric. An can excuse. I say this? I can say I this. Not I, I'm, I'm not sure you can, but there we go. I think it may have been an excuse to get him out of the game, and Cutler trying to save face, and the the Dolphins trying to save face. I mean, that's amazing if that's true. If that's the way that Adam Gase is trying to play it, I, Adam Gase feels too straight up as a coach to me. But I don't. It's a ter- um, it was a terrible decision bringing Cutler back. I said it. I'm not sure anyone else said it at all. I've I think I've been alone on this as a as a lone wolf saying that this cutler thing was was gonna fail. It has failed and now they're trying to make stuff up. <laughs> I like your passion, mate. Um the Bucks are out of the playoff picture, not mathematically, but when you consider how good the NFC South is outside yeah. of them, they look very much out of it. Um, and uh, the Dolphins, well, here's their schedule coming up. They've got to play the Patriots twice. They've got to play the Bills twice, who I know have fallen, have, uh, have slipped, but you'd imagine they'd at least split the series. Yep. They've got to play the Chiefs, who are on the road, who are you fancy to maybe bounce back from their yep, yep. recent terrible form. And they've got to face the Broncos as well, who, whilst they've been bad, like, can you imagine them winning more than three of those remaining six games? No, they're a 5-11 and 11 team oh. by the end of it. They'll win one of those games, and they'll be lucky to do so. Poor Simon. Despite, Clancy. I really my, my new life coach. Despite D- Damian Williams and um, uh, having a really good game against the Bucks, and Kenyon Drake looking good out of the backfield against uh, against the Panthers, I just I don't think they're 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 doing things correctly, and uh, it they're, they're, it's classic Dolphins shooting themselves in the foot. Love that. Cutting themselves off at the fin. Uh, <laughs> nice. And then there was the Cardinals Texans game. The our seasons have been ruined by injury bowl. Um, uh, Tom Savage, to be fair, had an all right game. 22 32, 230 yards, two touchdowns, an interception. Um, Dante Foreman, great game. And then went and injured himself on a touchdown run and is out for the rest of the season. Uh, Texans can't get a break. The Cardinals can't get a break. These are teams that the Cardinals are going to have to restock, particularly at quarterback in the offseason. Uh, the Texans just need to get healthy. I think they've got, with Sean Watson and those defensive pieces, I think maybe some help in the defensive backfield, but they look like a playoff team who have just had some real problems this year. Uh, can you do the, another... Da, da, da. Fitz watch! <laughs> Which Fitz? Not that one. I've only had a record scratch. Damn it. <laughs> Not that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Light spiral balls. Um, <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. You're um, really throwing me off. Damn, Titans. It's not the Titans. <laughs> what are you talking about, Ollie? <laughs> Stop it. What, what was the Fitz watch? Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, he's a hero. I think he's gone up to eighth in all-time passing um, receptions. 
we had the um, something like that. It, he's. Uh, I should have done some some actual research on this, but he is. Uh, he's. It was a milestone for him this week. I wanted to let everyone know that the milestone. Go and search it out yourself. Research it yourself. It's good fun. We had the Hall of Fame <laughs> semi-finalists announced yesterday. Should we talk about that on tomorrow's show as part of our slightly newsier? Yeah, let's and, do that. And our build-up. Great, but, great tease. But some uh, some wide receivers in there who are going to walk in first ballot. And Larry Fitzgerald very much has to be on the list of first ballot Hall of Famers. He is one of my favourite players of all time. Right before we I get, love him. Before we get into our, our Betfair preview of Thursday night and Thanksgiving games, let's just quickly talk about uh, the, the Monday night football game. Oh, what a game. What a game. What a game. What a game of football. <laughs> Matt Ryan throwing a pair of touchdown passes. Adrian Claiborne returning a fumble 10 yards for a score. The Atlanta Falcons held off a late rally to beat Seattle 34-31 on Monday night. Is it a, a better a, game? A field goal margin when just before the half, Seattle decided to run one of the worst field goal fakes I've ever seen in my life it's all right, rather mate. than taking okay. the three points. It, I don't know why they did it. Cause they're, cause, because it was, it was bizarre. Pete Carroll is an egomaniac. That's why. <laughs> and coming from the king of the egomaniacs, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, knows one to... To no one. Takes one to no one. Yeah, knows one to no one. Knows one to no one. <laughs> that, that world famous phrase. <laughs> the world famous phrase. <laughs> knows one to no one. Um, from an Atlanta perspective, they go to six and four, stay very much in the playoff hunt, even still in the hunt for that NFC. We could see three teams out of the NFC South. Exciting. Um, I'm particularly impressed with Tevin Coleman uh, for the touchdown run. I know he had a bit of a rough day all round on the ground, only carrying for 45-odd yards off his 20 carries. But the Seattle front still looked good against the run, but they couldn't stop the passing game. There was a huge completion to Julio Jones on the score that put... Uh, the Falcon uh, on the t- the the final Falcons touchdown in the third quarter. Um, the uh, it was completed over the right hand side, over the head of the corner. I think Jeremy Lane was in coverage, straight into hands Julio Jones, outstretching. But I just watched it. And I thought, does Richard Sherman give up that play? The the best sideline corner in the league, probably not. I don't. I don't think anyone would have stopped that. If it if it got to the point of 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 uh, the ball being caught, because I think it was a perfectly thrown ball, uh, a great leap, and I I think that it the the throw in itself was undefendable. However, I'm not, Sherman, I'm not sure that's true. I think he would have jammed the guy off the line first. That's what I'm saying. That, however, Sherman would have jammed the guy off the line, and therefore wouldn't have been able to have <laughs> the made guy. It to, by the way, Julio Jones. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> would have jammed Julio off off the line, and therefore Julio wouldn't have been able to get down there. Matt Ryan wouldn't have thrown it. The tree wouldn't have fallen in the Amazon. That kind of thing. <laughs> but had Julio managed to make the same move on Sherman. I, I really think it was undefendable. I think it was a perfectly thrown ball. And here's the problem for the Seahawks, is that Russell Wilson made some insane plays <laughs> He in was incredible. Some, like getting out of the pocket, making some incredible throws, uh, running for first down situations where he had no right to. Uh, just uh, brilliant. Yeah. Right? And I'm, I, I hold my hands up and say he was brilliant. <laughs> However, there were... Two throws in the game, which he very much left on the field, where there were wide open guys, yeah. which would have what them a touchdown on one occasion and a, and a big first down on the third and long on the other occasion. You can't turn around and blame a quarterback who's had a game as good as that for having two bad plays. But the problem is, is Seattle, with as many injuries as they've got, as poor as the run game's been, as, as many problems they have on defense, Russell Wilson literally has to be perfect for them to beat good teams. And if he's not perfect, they're not going to beat teams. Mm. And unfortunately, you know, the Falcons aren't the best team they're going to face this season, particularly if they do make it into the playoffs. And I'm actually feeling more and more like they won't even make the playoffs. You're hoping as well. I'm not hoping. I know there's this kind of, I know I joke about the Seahawks, and, but they are a great team to watch. They've given us some of the best playoff games yeah, yeah. of the last, one of the best Super Bowls I've ever seen, some of the best playoff games of the last five, six years. They're really entertaining. They give us something great to talk about. It would be a shame that injuries are going to derail their season, but it feels like they're going to. Russell Wilson can't carry this team on his back on his own forever. And penalties have really cost them. I think they've, they're have they the team with the most penalties and yards uh, per penalty uh, per game in the entire NFL. And it was nine penalties again, 106 yards. And you can't give that 
give up that amount of yardage to a team of, as proficient as the Atlanta Falcons. So, yeah, I, I would agree with you there. I don't think the the Seahawks will be able to make the playoffs. Although, although against the Rams and Goff not doing as well as it as everyone. No, I think they beat the Rams in the Coliseum. The Rams have got to go, come back to CenturyLink Field. We'll, we'll talk about that Minnesota game, but I think that's harsh on the Rams. I think I think they were. I think they were just. There was a bit of a men versus boys situation in that game, and look, we're going to talk about that in a moment. In fact, we'll talk about that in a moment. We're going to get on. Uh, you're listening to the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips, and up next, the Betfair Thanksgiving Preview Part One. Hazel Irvin here, and I'm at Mammoth Insurance in Leeds, where Kate has arranged an office chair race to fundraise for sport relief. And these riders have got their kit on. They are rearing to go. And they're off, taking an early lead and smashing injustice right out of the park. It's Daphne from Accounting, riding the spreadsheet demon chair. Up comes Nina from HR on Beat Me and You're Fired, closely followed by Mark from Marketing on the 9 to 5 chair. Even Javid from Health and Safety's at it, weaving his clipboard like crazy. Go easy there, Javid. We don't want any injuries, fella. And from nowhere, it's Jenny on El Chero Loco, rolling right over poverty to cross the line first. And the crowd goes loco. Unbelievable. You can help change the world too. Just order your free fundraising pack at sportrelief.com. Sportrelief. It's game on. This message was brought to you by Acast. As if that wasn't annoying enough. Uh, <laughs> uh, right, let's turn our attention now to Thanksgiving. Over the next two days, we're going to do a show today. Where we'll preview the first game, the Vikings uh, at the Lions. And then tomorrow, we'll have a show where we'll talk to the news, talk about the Hall of Fame semi-finalists, and we talk about the, the other two games of the evening, which involves the Chargers in Dallas to face the Cowboys and the New York Giants heading to Washington. Uh, this uh, Thanksgiving preview is in association with the Betfair Exchange. Uh, Betfair are offering a fantastic sign-up for new customers. If you bet £20, they'll refund you as cash if you lose. So not one of those ones where we'll refund your bet as a free bet. They will refund you free cash if you lose. So you've got a £20 free bet, essentially, on Thursday night. And not only that... But uh, as part of Betfair Exchange, for all of the three Thanksgiving games, they are going to offer a zero commission for all markets within the matches that are taking place on Thanksgiving. So, brilliant stuff. Just talk a bit, just to explain a bit about how Betfair Exchange works, because Ollie was hoping that I would do this. Um, <laughs> Betfair Exchange is a little bit different to the Betfair Sportsbook, which they do have as well, where you can go and have a traditional, old-fashioned bet on your money line, your handicap, your your over-unders, etc. Sure. Um, the difference with Betfair Exchange is, rather than betting against the bookmaker, it's a peer-to-peer betting service. So you're betting against other people around the world. It means that you can do things like you can lay a selection. So if you think that something's definitely not going to happen, you can bet against it happening rather than just betting for it. And you can get good odds on that. And the big thing is, if you don't like the odds on offer, you can request your own odds and wait for somebody to essentially bet against you. Oh, great. So you'll see when you go on and you see a market, you'll see there's currently £500 in that market. That means you can get in there and get involved. But if you want to create your own market, you can do. Um, we, we'll discuss the kind of prices as they are now. Obviously, they are subject to change as it goes on. But for those of you who aren't interested in betting, don't worry. We are still going to just preview the games as normal. But we're just going to let you know uh, how the, the kind of betting lines are, are looking as well and, and give you our tips whether or not that's a good idea, I came out with a seventy-two-pound profit this last weekend, so maybe we're good to listen to. And the good not thing always. is that you gamble responsibly as well. Yeah, uh, and always, please always. gamble responsibly. Can, can I ask you one thing about this exchange thing, though? Yeah, it's got. Uh, so I'm looking at Minnesota Vikings and Detroit Lions, right? And it's got uh, blue is back, pink is lay, which is Correct, fine. Yeah. And then if I hover over, well, no, if I look at it, it says one point. 
0.72 and it's 1.7. Why is it like that? How do I make it so that I, it's odds that I understand? Uh, yeah, so uh, the, the, the way they do the odds on the Betfair website is they do them as decimals. So 1.72 is the equivalent of 8 to 11-ish. 2.36 is, is the equivalent of about 11 to 8. Um, oh, okay. So if I hover over it... Oh, I see it. So when I'm looking at total points under 44.5... Blue, it says 1.84. Hover over it, it's 5 to 6. I okay, mean, that makes sense. It, it, it's equivalent to that, or as close yeah. to that as possible. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's actually a bit more of an accurate system, sure, sure, um, sure. because you can go to a more uh, more decimal points, etc. But yeah, that's that's how that is. So nice and easy to understand. Right, let's talk about, before we talk about the, the game itself, let's talk about the way these teams performed over this past weekend. And let's start off uh, with the Detroit Lions, a 27-24 win over the Chicago Bears. Matthew Stafford throwing 290 nine yards and two touchdowns Matt Prater kicking a beastly 52 yard field goal and if you've not seen it into the wind in a horrible blustery I mean it's the windy city after all um, and and really really impressive and you know what an inconsistent Lions offense the run game got going a little bit at times but uh, he uh, Stafford just shows that again and again he can carry this team and uh, I've said it before Stafford is someone who I think is unfairly not talked about as a top 10 quarterback in the NFL because maybe he hasn't been able to carry the team to playoff victories etc and he had a lot of high expectations coming into the league where he did in the draft but I, I thought he was brilliant again against the Lions at the weekend and he's had more fourth quarter comebacks in the league than any other quarterback over the last two seasons. I like Matt Stafford. I really like him, and what he's doing is excellent. Uh, when you've got Golden Tate, who's one of the best wide receivers in, in the league, and I, I don't really say that lightly, Marvin Jones is suddenly uh, deciding to play like the Marvin Jones who was pushing AJ Green in, in, in Cincinnati a couple of years ago. So he's got those wide receiving weapons. From a uh, Russian point of view, Amir Abdullah's looking pretty pretty shifty, and Theo Riddick will always do a good job uh, catching the ball out of the backfield as well. So their offense is looking pretty tidy. Add in the uh, the Eric Ebron effect at tight end. I really like the Lions' offense, and their defense tends to play really well when they've got Clover Quinn, Glover Quinn, sorry, and uh, Darius Slay. Two really, really good defensive players. I just want to see a bit more pressure up front, but I like what they what they do in the backfield um, defensively. Now, the the consideration for this weekend is that I do like what they do in the defensive backfield, and they did get a defensive touchdown in this game. They're going up against the Vikings team this weekend, who came out with that stonking twenty four to seven win over the Los Angeles Rams. Um, uh, like I, I called it, men versus boys earlier briefly. Because, really, we came into this game, and if you looked at Betfair and you looked at the odds, you saw that they were... Very, it was all very tight margins, all two-point favourites here and there. But first half, they're coming at seven apiece at half-time, and it's looking, you know, like a really tight and tense affair. Second half, the Rams couldn't get anything going on offence. And you really, I think, saw what you get in a young head coach, a young quarterback still learning and developing, an offence still pulling itself together against that Vikings defence who have been... Uh, Together for the last three years, at least, the, the, the youngest player on their defence has been with that team starters for three years and, and do it, keep it very simple and really kind of handled the Rams in a big way in, in the second half. And combine that with the fact that from a Lions concern perspective... We had one of the better performance from, performances from Latavius Murray this weekend. 15 carries, 95 yards, two touchdowns. I've said it time and time again that I don't think Latavius Murray is a great running back. I think he's a good running back. But when you give him the holes, he can hit them and he can eat up available grass. And actually, the Lions were absolutely gashed by Jordan Howard this past weekend. A, a running back, I think, is more talented than uh, Latavius Murray. But an offensive line in Minnesota that I think is more talented than what the Chicago Bears have. So that would be my concern for the Lions, is that they're going to give up a lot of yardage on the ground. Yeah, the offensive line has been brilliant. To to keep Case Keenum as upright and as as he has been, he actually moves the offensive line around as well and, 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 and shuffles that pocket really effectively. So that, I know he's a slightly smaller quarterback, so he then it, that enables him to find his his windows to get the ball out to the likes of Carl Rudolph, Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. By the way, that Adam Thielen touchdown last week or, uh, uh, on Sunday was so good. He is fast becoming 
top five wide receiver in the league at the moment. It's so dependable. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, so dependable. If you are looking at something for this game this weekend outside of the standard, I know you were just saying that you really like the Detroit Lions backfield, but. Thielen can't stop going over 100 yards. Yeah, I, I can't stop going. I think he's one of only, um, might be the only receiver in the NFL who has a minimum of five catches in every single game this season. So if there's a player market available to you on Betfair, that might be on the normal sports book than the exchange. We, we're going to focus kind of on the money line and stuff, but it's that's definitely one to look at because he has been, he is an all pro level player. You can vote for the Pro Bowl now. Get out there and vote for Adam Thielen. I would... You know, I'd pick him in my top five receivers of the season so yep. far. Top three, maybe even. He's been insanely impressive. Whereas you look on the other side, Cooper Cup, and I think there's a, a comparison between Cooper Cup and Adam Thielen in terms of uh, Cooper Cup is very early in his development, but both very good route runners, both uh, guys who seem to have good hands, good after the catch. But actually, Cooper Cup had a couple of really brutal drops in this game, a particularly bad one on third down. And then the fumble on the goal line in the first half, which took points off the board, that really cost the Rams in a big way. Minnesota moved to 8-2 and two and, and really are in with a shout of not just winning the NFC North, which is looking like a weaker division when it comes to the Packers, but also getting a seeding as well. And, you know, we've talked about it every single year. We get excited that maybe there's a team, maybe there's a team who can get a home Super Bowl. It's not happened in 51 years. Every year we look, there's the, every year it seems the Super Bowl team start yeah. off like 5-0 and, oh, and we're like, oh, could this be the year? And they fall off a cliff. This really could be the year that the Minnesota Vikings make it a home Super Bowl. And that's exciting. It's, it's incredibly exciting. Incredibly exciting. I think the only way that it doesn't happen is, is, it, is because... Is a Packers fan? <laughs> Well, as a neutral fan, as a Packers fan, it would be abysmal for me to go there and uh, have uh, the, the entire city all Vikings upped and uh, pumped for a home Super Bowl. And then seeing it, it would be a nightmare. But as a neutral, yeah, it, that's great. The only way I don't think it will happen is the Eagles getting home field advantage in the playoffs. And uh, at the moment, they have that. So, But, um, but, but back to this game... Um, Matt Stafford has a chance to make thanks a chance to make Thanksgiving history with a four touchdown game. The Lions quarterback would post would pass Tony Romo for most career passing touchdowns on the holiday since 1970. 120 yards he'd surpass Tony Romo for the most yardage on Thanksgiving. Basically, with Tony Romo retiring, Matt Stafford can become the king of Thanksgiving. And I tell you the reason that I like Minnesota on the road. They're they're two point favourites and. Uh, interestingly, again, with the Betfair exchange, you can actually, if you think they're going to win by more than that, you can change the line to get yourself better odds. So maybe move up, you know, if, if you're betting, uh, this is the as we're speaking on uh, kind of Wednesday lunchtime, if you're going at the two at the moment and you fancy uh, Detroit, you're probably only going to get evens on that. But you could move it up to, say, three and a half points and suddenly you're already getting six to five. And, you know, I, I think Minnesota could win this game pretty handily, even though we've said we've been impressed with the Lions because... Can you explain to me very quickly, sorry... Yeah, yeah. ...that if I'm betting on the Lions to win, but they lose by less than two points, I get my money back? Is that it? Yeah, so you, you still you win the bet. So yeah. that's the, the idea of handicap Oh, I win betting. the bet. Yeah, because oh, the, I mean, the money line at the moment, you've got the, um, the, the, the current money line uh, overall uh, sees the Vikings sat at 8 to 11 favourites. and uh, Sorry, 1.72. And the, the Detroit Lions sat at 2.36, so 11 to 8. Again, you can get potentially better odds on that in theory if you want to go into the handicap market. So Detroit, Minnesota are two-point favourites at the moment. That means if Detroit lose by two points or less and you bet on Detroit, yeah. then actually you still win your money. So if it's 27-25, 26-24, something like that, then you would still win even though your team that you've bet on have lost because they've got that two-point handicap. But if it's 26-25... You still win because it's still within win. the handicap. Oh, okay, sorry. But if it's 28-25, if it's sure, sure, a sure. weird score, but if, that, if it's that, then, you would, uh, then you'd lose your money. Okay, cool. Okay. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I, I'm liking that you're learning about gambling whilst we're doing this. I feel like I'm I'm slightly concerned. Please do gamble responsibly, as we'll always say. So, I do, do, well, I don't think I'm alone. So I think it's a right. It's a good question to ask. I think absolutely. I completely agree with you. Case Keenum has been incredibly impressive thus far. Uh, 
people are kind of waiting for him to fall off a cliff and maybe this Lions secondary is the one to do it against. But Minnesota have outgained uh, each of its last eight opponents, outrushed five of its last six. They're six and two straight up in their last eight. And if you if you look at the kind of spread betting for this, it's funny that the favourite team is in this fixture is three and nine against the spread in the last 12 games in this matchup. And if you if you... If you're thinking about going with an upset, the fact that it's a big divisional game, a rivalry, a short week, Thanksgiving, there's all those factors which do feed into a potential upset and you'll probably find value there. But I think the smart money is uh, Minnesota has the better running game and the better defense and they're getting good play at quarterback. I'm taking Minnesota with the points at minus two. So I think they will cover that spread. And actually, I'm considering upping that to four or five points uh, because I think that they will be able to cover maybe even as much as a touchdown in this game. Okay. Okay. However, I'm going to put this to you. At home, the Vikings have lost three games out of their five. And of those three games that they... Sorry, the Lions have lost three games out of their five. And of those three games, they haven't lost by more than five points. So they... They play teams tough. We know the Lions play teams tough. I just think the Vikings might be a class above what they've faced already this season. Steelers, Panthers and Falcons have all beaten them. Uh, the Lions Those in their building. Those are some good building. teams. Those are some good teams. Man. What do you, what do you fancy in terms of the, the overall? But the points. No, no, in terms of the who 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 are you picking? Oh, I'm I'm picking the Lions. Oh. Yeah, I think the Lions will win and I think it will be within a touchdown. You can get him straight up at 2.36 right now as well. So okay, so pretty decent odds. Yeah, get, I'd, get I'd, in there, buddy. The, the Lions are used to playing on Thanksgiving in their own building. It happens every year. Uh, I, I, they've already beaten the Vikings once this season. So you're saying we're splitting on Gridiron Pickham, gridiron-magazine.com, go to the predictor game. I'm taking the Vikings, you're taking the Lions, and you're taking them straight up the Lions. What about the over-under? 44.5 points in this game looks like a pretty sensible line in terms of the uh, in terms of the over under um well i'll tell you for why i'll tell you for why my friend because in the five games that the lions have played at home only one of those games and that was the defeat the 15 20 defeat to the steelers there wasn't more than uh, um, 50 po- uh, 44 points or more was was scored so it four out of five games so far the lions at home both teams have scored more than 44 com- Point five combined points. So uh, I'm I'm going under. So I'm going to go over. Short week. I'm going under. I'm all over it. I'm going over. <laughs> Good to know that we can really give a point, <laughs> give opinions to people. I think short week. I think two teams with decent defenses. I think we're going to see you know 2017, 2014, one of those sorts of games. Okay. Um, so I'm going to take. The under, uh, the moment you can get the under at five to six, or actually this is where the back and lay thing is interesting because of the way that the market has worked on Betfair Exchange, you can actually lay against the over at 2.2 at the moment or six to five. So you can bet, you're technically betting the under, but because you're laying the over, you're getting better odds. So just keep an eye on that when you're doing it. Okay, I will go for the under and, and because that game against... You are going for the under now. No, 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 I am. Uh, you... <laughs> Not only did you convince me, but also the the game against the Steelers. It, it, the Steelers have an excellent defense. I just, yeah, in the short week, it, it, the smart money probably would say that you would go on the under. Yeah, so pick them. We're splitting it. We're both going with the under. Uh, don't forget, Betfair Exchange are offering free twenty pound bet to customers when you sign up, and there's zero percent commission using the Betfair Exchange this week uh, for the Thanksgiving games. Uh, That wraps up the Betfair Thanksgiving preview for today. We are going to do another podcast tomorrow, which will have us previewing the other two games, maybe in slightly shorter form, um, because they're not as good. (laughs) No offense. They're really not as good. Uh, I I think Chargers Cowboys looks really interesting, and I'll explain for why tomorrow. Um, I'll (laughs) tell you for why. Um, And uh, yeah, yeah, am I going to stay up late for... Giants in Washington. Maybe if I've got money on it, I will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Uh, Ollie, any kind of final thoughts beyond uh, beyond the games uh, coming on Thursday? No, I don't think so. We're going to a nice little shindig in central London. Going to have a few white wines because... Are we? Or, or gin and slimline tonics. I'm certainly not going to be drinking beer. 
because that's against the new diet. When you say we, is that the royal we? And yeah, 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 absolutely. That's how I always refer to myself. Third person. Why have I well. not been invited? You, you have been invited. This is the thing we're going to with Josh. Oh, that thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. This is amazing. You're so easily offended for things you shouldn't even be offended about. Um, any final thoughts you want to get out into the world? No, how about you? No, I'm feeling pretty good about things. Okay, great. Beautiful. Let's get this podcast out there. Thank you so much for listening. As always, Touchdown Trips is the place if you are looking to book a trip. They've got Super Bowl deals on at the moment, and we put up saying about their value deals. Someone, huh, good value, yeah, that much money. Because it obviously does cost thousands of pounds to go to the Super Bowl. Their Super Bowl deals that Touchdown Trips are doing at the moment are £2,000 less than any other deal I've seen from a, a British travel agent so far. £2,000 cheaper. So, so for your bucket list, you're getting it 2000 cheaper than anywhere else. Yeah, to tick off from your bucket list. I know it's an insane sum of money. Some people will see it, but it is it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. If you're going to save up, do it with Touchdown Trips. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. This has been The Gridiron Show.